Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is the Friday, July 29th episode of the podcast. John, welcome to another Um Yeah Sports Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I know I say welcome like you're the one coming back, but anyways, let's <laughs> dive right in. And... Everything is getting hot for the NFL with training camp going on now and the first football game looming. That's only six days away. Um, what do you expect from that game going into it? we got the Jags and the Raiders playing, I believe. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, I'm excited about multiple things. Uh, but on the Jaguars side, I'm more excited to see uh, Travis Etienne play where he didn't play at all last season due to injuries. So be able to see a little bit of him. I want to see what the wide receivers look like that they have brought in uh, to see if they've you know, solve the drops and the different things that have plagued this Jaguars team. And I just kind of want to see the basic state that the Jaguars are in. And if you're the Raiders, I want to see one connection between, you know, Derek Carr and, 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 um, Devonte Adams in a, in a game like this, where I can have a, so I can just see what that looks like, what the chemistry looks like, uh, and all of that. So I think if we can get that done, I think that'd be great to see, but also I kind of just want to see what this team looks like underneath the shell of the squad that they already have. Uh, and what I mean by that is I want to see what what's beyond the um, Hunt, Hunter Renfro, the Darren Waller, and the um, and the um, and the Devonte Adams of that team, and Derek Carr and the Josh Jacobs into uh, the Ken, uh, the Drake and Drakes of the of the team, and the um, the new USFL players that they've added to see kind of what this team looks like beneath that, because that's going to give us a better understanding of how deep of a playoff run this team can truly have, because depth is equally as important uh, to any sort of success. Uh, and and I also I'm just excited for football. I know a whole lot of people don't watch. Um, they they usually don't watch a whole lot of you know, Hall of Fame game. I personally like it because it's the start of football season. It's the very first game. Obviously, it's not the first greatest game that you'll ever see. The preseason is usually not that great. However, I think preseason is usually overlooked, uh, and it helps in a lot of ways, and fantasy is one of those. Um, but I think, yeah, those are the things I'm most excited about. I also want to see what Trevor Lawrence looks like, the, the steps he's taken. But I think in overall, I'm more excited to see the Jaguars play because I want to see what this team looks like. And, and in certain aspects, like I mentioned, I'm excited about the Raiders. But it should be fun. Like you mentioned, it's only six days away. So next Thursday, we will get uh, the first football game of the season uh, after not having games since February. We now, yep. We're now back, so that would be fun. And we'll get back into the swing of uh, football and mostly covering that after base- basketball has stopped and – Baseball is in full swing, but still checking along to the playoffs. So it'll be fun, and uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Jaguars look like after their last season. Uh, Speaking of rookie quarterbacks going into their second year, Trey Lance is now going to be the starter in San Francisco. Yeah, we talked about it uh, a couple podcasts ago, uh, and I just mentioned that um, the the opposing anonymous defensive coordinator mentioned that he does he thinks that if Trey Lance is a starter, so like Christmas came early, and there's not enough film on him. Uh, apparently, the San Francisco field, 49ers feel the exact opposite, um, and that there's plenty of film on Trey Lance, and that they got plenty of confidence in him, and they're ready to kind of uh, move that along and get that official. Because for a long time, we already knew that was going to happen. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo leaving was kind of inevitable, uh, and so we were just kind of waiting for that final result. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about Trey Lance. Uh, 
We only saw him for a very short amount of time. That's why preseason will be nice to be able to see him again and see what type of reps they give him, all that. But at the same time, it's now his team. It's now his turn to lead a really good offense. Now they are a little bit stuck, and we'll talk about this in a second, with Debo Samuel holding in. Uh, and and they're not sure when they're gonna get the contract, all that stuff. Maybe when Jeremy Garoppolo is officially traded, they'll free up a little cap space. Maybe they could sign him then. But we're not really sure when Jeremy Garoppolo will be traded and where he will even end up. Uh, so with Trey Lance getting this, the keys to the to uh, the Four Niners franchise and being the the quarterback of the future is what it seems like. Uh, that's it's a really good team for him to get into. It's not. It, they, it fits them well, I think, and they got a good set of running backs. They got a good set of uh, wide receivers. They got a great defense, so you just got it to go in there and play the tap ball and feel comfortable with it. He's gonna have to do a lot of run game. Uh, I hope they get him out on the run a little bit outside the pocket because that is his strength. But like I also mentioned, Josh Allen was also from North Dakota State, and we know how he turned out. So just because they're at those schools doesn't mean they don't have success in the NFL. It's quite the opposite, actually. Uh, and I'm look forward. I'm looking forward to seeing what Trey Lance looks like. And like I mentioned, there's not a whole lot of details on, you know, his actual gameplay and and, and everything like that. But we do know he's a very physical runner. Uh, we saw him against the Arizona Cardinals last season at the goal line, and and we also have seen him throw the ball a little bit here or there throughout the season. But now we're gonna be able to officially see uh, Trey Lance for you know for the for the long haul, uh, and I'm excited to see exactly what type of quarterback he is because he has a possibility of being really great. Uh, and like I mentioned, I think he's slotting into a situation where. I think it's Perry for him. I don't think they're in a situation where they're forcing him into anything. I think he has a good enough team to help him out and get things started. Debo switching to wide receiver actually might be a good thing in this case uh, because now that gives a good, reliable target that can make moves in in, in uh, close spaces and, and juke out defenders, and he's a more physical wide receiver, so he'll mow people over as well. So with all that being equal, I think at this point, do the 49ers have – are they a playoff team with Trey Lance? That remains to be seen. Are they a playoff team without Trey Lance? Yes. So we'll see how those equations mesh together and, and how far they're able to go. But right now, all I can say is that this 49ers team has great bones, a great team, and now they just need a great leader to lead it. So if they treat uh, and you know prepare Trey Lance well enough, he can have great success in this offense and with the coaching staff. Yeah, and we'll be able to see some of that coming into the preseason games. Hopefully they'll let him play a little bit and we can see where he's at during that time. Let's talk about the preseason matchups and also training camp. What are the biggest storylines and news from that um, situation, which I think started just today? Yeah, it's been going on. Uh, well, so certain teams are now, all teams have now reported a couple days ago, uh, but they're doing padded practice and all that. So everything's kind of gearing towards getting ready to play. The Panthers obviously, or the, the Raiders obviously reported first because their game is, you know, on Thursday and they need to get some practice in. But right. uh, of the things that are probably the, you know, the most obvious, obviously people know Julio Jones got signed. I'll touch on that more in a couple minutes. Uh, the, uh, Ryan Jensen, the, star, uh, the starting center for the Bucks, looks like he will be out for at least several months, maybe even a full year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and will not be playing possibly at all. DK Metcalf has gotten his extension um, and so no longer as a Holden. Debo Samuel and Darwin James are holding still for their respective squads. I'll touch on that more in a couple seconds as well. The Falcons have named their starting QB, and that is going to be Marcus Mariota. So that's going to be Mariota. interesting as well especially with Desmond Ritter sitting behind him. Hmm. Uh, that's going to be something that we probably won't talk touch on too much just because that's going to be a lot of preseason, and we're going to have to wait for that to kind of come into play. Carlos Dunlap is signed with the Chiefs, adding another pass rusher to that squad. 
Uh, and KJ Wright has uh, announced his retirement uh, from the NFL and was able to sign a one-day contract. But like I mentioned, we'll get back to that in a second. So the other things I want to just touch on is Julio Jones signing. The Bucks signing, this is mostly Bucks, but Bucks signing, um, plus the injuries, two signings, DK Metcalf, and then the Holdens. So let's start with the Holdens. So with the Holdens, I think it's a very interesting situation where the NFL has switched from holdouts to Holdens. Holdens are just players that report to practice but do not play. Uh, and in that situation, they just kind of are sitting there and they're they're watching practice, but until they get their contract, they will not entertain any sort of ability to get injured. Uh, and because they're trying to be, remain as safe as possible, um, they will not. I mean, they won't. They won't. <laughs> they're not going to go in the field and get injured, especially when they haven't signed their full contract yet, uh, other than DK Metcalf. So Debo Samuel and Darwin James are in those situations. We'll see when, like I said, uh, Debo Samuel finally uh, does the trade or do- signs the pen to paper and, and gets things done. Another player that's in this situation is also Lamar Jackson. However, he's not in a hold in situation. He's just playing. However, he wants his deal to be done. And then Darwin James, obviously is also in a very similar situation with Debo Sammy, where he's also holding, but we're not really sure um, when that deal will get done. Like I mentioned, DK Metcalf has signed his extension, uh, which is a three year, $72 million extension, uh, 30 million in signing bonus. So that's the highest paid for any wide receiver ever. So he definitely got the bag, and obviously I think that's important because like I mentioned on a couple podcasts ago that I I mentioned um, that I think the Seattle team is not as bad as the media is making it out to be, uh, and their drafting might have not been as bad as previously, at least as as previously as I thought. Uh, And what I mean by that, and I've gone into quite elaborate detail on this, I'll just go and touch on it in a second. Uh, I think if they're able to keep the defense that they have because it's young. However, it's still really good if Jamal Adams could get off his injury and is able to play and not have any issue with his finger injury. Uh, and then this offense is good with DK Metcalf, Tyre Lockett, and now you lock up DK Metcalf. He can't walk and go to a different team. You're not going to trade him. So that's really good news. And then you got Freddie Swain. You got some other guys there. And then you got a great set of running backs. Chris Carson obviously retired. That's a couple of weeks old. That's why I'm not talking about it too, too much. And also, uh, like I mentioned, Julio Jones got signed. Those are the two news that happened a couple of days ago. On Wednesday, we did not do a podcast cast however i just want to touch on that we'll touch on those a couple more a little bit but like i mentioned i think seattle is in a great situation uh if they're able to not and if they're able to resist the urge to go after jimmy garoppolo if they sign jimmy garoppolo um then i think there's a big issue here because um i think if you look at it i think there's just this situation where if they go after him and they and they sign him, then what they're going to end up getting is a situation where they can't, or it's going to be very difficult because they've already paid Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they can't really draft one of these other quarterbacks that are going to be in the draft in the next year. So if they just stick with Geno Smith or Drew Locke for another season, use their draft choices that they got from Russell Wilson, I, I think you end up getting in a situation where you're in perfect shape to, in the next couple of years, make it back and get on the upward trend. But they're going to have to be patient. Seattle fans have got to be patient. It's going to be a little bit of a winding road. However, the Mariners are battling. So that's good news for all Seattle fans. And like I mentioned, that could be something. Uh, also, Julio Jones, uh, that is an interesting situation just because, and I want to touch on this. It'd be two points. They signed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just signed another tight end. And they signed Julio Jones, which states to me two things. A, they are real worried about their tight end position. 
They don't know who's going to be the guy that's going to fill up those gaps. They already signed uh, Kyle Rudolph. They drafted multiple uh, tight ends, and now they're picking up more tight ends. They're just making this whole situation, plus the tight end they already have. And then they signed Julio Jones, which I think is a move to make the wide receiver core better and deeper just because they're worried about their tight end core, and they don't want to have to worry about their tight ends making the pass catching. That's option A. Or option B, they're just they're saying, okay, Gronk's gone. It's time to find his replacement. Let's just bring in everybody and just find the best of the best to play with Tom Brady. And then we'll have the best of the best, you know, with wide receiver core. And then we'll just have a really deep tight end and wide receiver core uh, and groups. But in my opinion, it has to be option A because I think they're that worried about who is going to be the replacement for Gronkowski. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest storylines that I'm following Uh there's multiple, but one of the bigger storylines I'm following for training camp is and preseason is who's going to be the replacement for Gronkowski and who's going to be the, you know, where's those wide receivers all going to file into? Where Where is that going to happen? Uh, and, and now with Ryan Jensen being out, I think you now have to use those tight ends as blocking tight ends. They can't just be pass catching tight ends because if they're pass catching tight ends, I don't think they're going to be... Um, as useful because they need to be able to use the line. They need to be able to have a good line, a good line of protection, especially with their center being out. Now there are multiple free agency options. They could move guys around on the offensive line. All that's optional. However, they need a good blocking tight end to come in and fix that gap. So that's going to be also why they signed Kyle Rudolph or, or one of these guys to try to see if they can find that guy for him. But right now Tampa is in a very, very interesting situation uh, no one expected Ryan Jensen, like I said, to be injured uh, and go down. But that's going to be one of those things that a lot of people will be looking at and wondering about. Uh, but those are kind of the biggest storylines that are kind of happening. The only other big one that has happened over the last couple of days is the uh, uh, Hill for the Saints has a rib injury and will be out a short, short period of time. Uh, Jamal Adams, like I mentioned, has a finger injury that he's going to have to work through and doesn't expect to have to have surgery until after the offseason. And the quarterback competition for the Panthers has begun. Both these guys are getting, that's Baker Mayfield and uh, Sam Darnold, are both getting opportunities to start with the starting unit. And then one other fascinating note is Trubisky got the starting reps with the Steelers, with the number one guys. Now, if you don't know what that means, that just states and usually states that you're the starting guy because you're starting with the first guys. You're starting with all of the starters. Those are the guys you're practicing with. And then the backups play with the backup guys. And that's usually how training camp works. When you see a headline that says, um, Trubisky is starting with all the uh, first string guys. Then you have to start to wonder your drawing conclusion. You're saying to yourself, okay, things are going to the direction where Trubisky is the starter. Now I've been talking about this on the, uh, sneaky good, uh, YouTube series that I'll be releasing on Monday. You can check them out on me sports, YouTube, uh, on YouTube, I'm um, yeah, sports, and you can watch all the series. Those are for fantasy players and want to have a bigger understanding of everything by uh, by the stats, and that's what I'm breaking down over the next couple of weeks. We just finished the AFC, and that will be posted on Monday. But uh, I think with the Steelers, they're going to have to rely on Najee Harris. They're going to have to rely on the other running back that they choose to rely on. I don't know who the second guy is going to be that's going to take a lot of the touches, but that's going to be fascinating to watch. Defensively, they're fine. they got a good defense. However, I think T.J. Watt's still waiting for his contract extension. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's still not been decided which is going to be a you know a big deal for him as well um but uh i think it's going to be one of those situations and then also where um you know 
like Ben Roethlisberger retired. So this team is in a very interesting situation. And then also Johnson's waiting for his contract extension. That's the wide receiver, obviously. And then they're bringing in a whole slew of new wide receivers, new draft choices, all this coming in. And I think they're going to be one of the most well-rounded team in the AFC in this season and the seasons to come, which could lead to playoff performances and better and better playoff or deeper and deeper runs. However, that could take some time. But with Trubisky being the starter, I expect a little bit more of a run-heavy scheme. Uh, and I expect shorter passes, um, but I'm a little unsure because I also saw Chase Claypool got, went down with an injury with a shoulder injury as well. So there's that as well, and that's going to have to be some something they figure out. But I think with these new wide receivers, they're going to have a lot of success. And Pat Fryermuth, I would definitely – I'm just going to – spoiler, I mentioned this. I think Pat Fryermuth is a good tight end to go after in draft uh, in later rounds uh, because I think he's going to have a lot of success because Trubisky is going to need a good – target reliable target that doesn't drop the passes all that much and that's why i also think the new newcomers are going to be really good because they're not going to be they have to keep their spot they don't nothing's given to rookies so they're going to not drop the pass and they're going to make success and when they do drop the pass then that's going to lead to a hundred more completions because they're so frustrated with themselves and they got so much coaching off of that and then they are starting to learn so i think that this new slew of guys and this new wave is going to be great for the steelers organization but those are the points that i'm really looking at and looking forward to, and like I mentioned, as preseason moves along, we'll learn more about all these storylines. But that's what I really get from those, um, and I'm, I'm excited for even yeah. tomorrow because tomorrow is Back Together Saturday, which is going to give us all of the training camps and allow us to watch yeah, them. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, starting at, unfortunately, 8 o'clock so in the morning, <laughs> so that's going to be an early yeah. morning for me. But looking forward to that, and those are the storylines. Yeah, and we'll get to see a lot of that play out during the preseason. Uh, you mentioned fantasy pickups, and I know a lot of people are going to be starting their fantasy drafts. Some people have already drafted. <laughs> I can't I believe heard, that. I don't know. But we'll be able to see some more of that play out over the preseason. And if you guys are looking for more fantasy advice from the MUS Sports crew, you guys can head over to our YouTube channel through the website or just looking it up on YouTube and visiting the Sneaky Good playlist set. John has been putting together a bunch of analysis on fantasy players, who you should draft, why you should draft them, looking through the stats. So go ahead and check those out. All right. I think it's time for our trivia question. And is this going to be about Kyler Murray's strange contract clause? Because I don't know how many hours he was supposed to study. No, no, it's I not. Did not study you didn't how study many that. Hours no, he was supposed to study. So you did. You didn't do your homework. Uh, no, this one's going to be about the Hall of Fame game, uh, oh, no. preseason. Uh, you get three options as standard. However, before we get into this, something I wanted to mention: the uh, numbers rules that they changed, and no longer the numbers are the same anymore. When was the last time you saw a wide receiver with the number 85? Mm, I don't think I've ever seen that. I think I've only seen tight ends with the number 85. That's Julio Jones' new number. Okay. At training camp. is He's rocking the 85. <laughs> I'm like, is he a tight end now? I'm, I don't get it. But Don't even get me started with that. Regardless. Anyway, let's get to the trivia question. Thought I'd mention that because I think that's, you know, a cool factoid. Anyway, so three options. Like I mentioned, the Hall of Fame game. Who has won the most... Hall of Fame games. Three options. The Dallas Cowboys. Mm. The Chicago Bears. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Or the New York Jets. That's four options. They gave you an extra one, a bonus. Okay. Well, I don't think it's Jets, so I'm going to rule that out. <laughs> How dare you? How dare like you? Maybe it's, maybe it's Green Bay or the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. No. The mm. Washington Commanders. Okay. Well. With five. The Cowboys are close with three, but the Commanders have five wins, which... Yeah, I would never have guessed them. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. 
That's why we do trivia. So you learn something <laughs> that new. That's why we do trivia. All right. Very good. This was a very fun episode. A lot of information getting ready for preseason. And next week we should have a ton of information more about preseason, all the training camps going. So Yeah, and especially because the podcast falls on Wednesday and uh, Friday. The preseason game is on Thursday, so we'll be able to get pregame. Yeah, plenty of analysis on that. And after. So you will not hear me shut up about preseason. <laughs> Sorry about that. Very good. All right, this was a good episode. Glad to hop on and do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody head over to Sneaky Good. Check that out. We'll see you later. See you. God bless.